Hey there, welcome to The Third Seat. This is the show where we bring open and honest conversations with experts who have a unique perspective to share, and then we bring these conversations straight to you. My name is Daniel Trinum, and I'm your host for today, and I'm with Croft & Frost. As always, all links as well as relative information will be in the description of today's episode down below. Thank you again for tuning into today's episode. Now pull up a seat and let's get into the conversation. Today, I am joined by an individual who I'm really excited to talk about. Uh, he's someone who, as I've gotten to know him so far, he is a really stand-up guy. He is someone who uh, does a lot of great work in the community here in Chattanooga, Tennessee. And he has a great list of, a long laundry list of accomplishments and accolades that I won't go into full detail of them right now, but there are a couple that I want to mention just before we go into this that I feel like are worth mentioning. Uh, not only you know to start, he makes it his life work to develop positive impacts and uh, cultivate environments of diversity and inclusion in our relationships, in our workplaces, in our family lives, and in our communities. But along with this, he is a former TEDx speaker here at Chattanooga, Tennessee back in 2020. And he's also the CEO and founder of Hinton & Co. right here in Chattanooga, where they work to create positive impact in their community by uh, showing different diversity and inclusion strategies for businesses and corporations all around uh, in the community. So uh, if you would, just welcome our guest today, Wade Hinton. Wade, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Daniel, thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. I'm really glad you're able to come, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. So if you wouldn't mind, just before we go, give a little bit of background about just you, what you do, who you are, kind of how you got to this point, and uh, any, any details you want to fill in from that point. Sure. Well, I'm Wade Hinton. Uh, so I'm a native of Chattanooga. I'm uh, born and born and raised here. Actually, not uh, too far from where we are. We're, we're down on Chestnut. Yeah. So I was raised in the West Side neighborhood. Uh, I, I left for school, um, at, well, college down in, in Atlanta, Emory University, and then went on to law school um, and decided to come back yeah. home. I, you know, when I, I left, uh, Chattanooga was, you've heard so many stories about downtown yeah. and, and being somewhat... Uh, 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 you know, not 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 the place it is today. I'll yeah, just say yeah, that. Yeah. And but you know, as more of the vision around what the community was going to be or what they wanted to see was taking shape, I, I realized that there was not a lot of diversity, not a lot of people that looked like me at the table. Um, and so I, I came back to be a part of that conversation to also make room for others uh, to could who could participate and have you know their voices heard uh, to to talk about the future of our community. I practiced law uh, for most of my career, but I've always been connected to policy and inclusion and and community. Uh, and so that work is taking me to different uh, different roles. I, I was a you know an associate at a firm. I've been a you know, partner in my own law firm for a few years. Right. I, I was the lead counsel for Volkswagen here when it just got started. I I tell folks I joined and when it was 200 employees and left when it was over 2,000. Wow. So wow. saw that growth. It was a fantastic organization and and uh, you know, left to do service and was the city attorney uh, under Mayor Burke uh, and went to Unum uh, to 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 lead and build out their inclusion 
uh, strategy there, uh, and uh, you know, great, great experience, great organization, doing some fantastic work in the community, but also across the country and in, in the UK and Poland as well. Uh, but, but uh, you know, found my uh, calling to, to to take this work and share with others it by uh, forming a company that, to your point, right, we're trying to make impact uh, and meet organizations where they are, and so that's. Uh, organizations right here in Chattanooga, but we also work with uh, companies and organizations outside the city. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, you had mentioned. So I am not natively from the Chattanooga area. I'm from about an hour up the road. Uh, but you had mentioned like the, the culture of Chattanooga and just everything it has to offer. Like we, you know, before this we were talking about different restaurants in Chattanooga. Like yeah. I, I've heard many stories of what it was like. You know, 10, 20 years ago, before kind of before my time, but. For anybody that may be listening that has not been to Chattanooga, is not you know well acquainted with Chattanooga. I mean, it's a it's a, it's an incredible place in my opinion. It's it's got every it's got the feel of a big city, but it's got the uh, kind of feeling of home, like 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 a small town. But at the same time, you know, there's the river, there's the mountains, there's there's nature all around it, and then just the culture of the people, like like you said. Uh, there's just a, a lot going on in Chattanooga that I think is really cool, and you know I'm a little bit biased. I went to school here, yeah. I work here, but uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's a, it's an awesome place, and I'm glad that we have individuals like yourself that are uh, looking to make positive in- impact, obviously here, but uh, abroad as well, across the nation, and you know uh, in, in many places, not just in Chattanooga. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you know, I think from a cultural perspective, you may be biased because you went to school here, but we have a <laughs> listen. We have a lot of people that are moving here. Yeah. Uh, I, I've met people that, you know, they're retiring here or they're moving here because of of uh, the outdoor scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't realize how, you know, big climbing was, oh, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's a whole culture around yeah. that. And so it, again, a community around that. So I think, again, there's a lot to be proud of in terms of the work uh, that's happening in here in the city. Again, going back to that vision that people had about our community and, and looking at it now, mm-hmm. certainly uh, it's coming to fruition. And, and But, you know, Let's also say we also got some work to do. Oh yeah, yeah. You no, know, yeah. There's always there's always work to be done. Yeah. I mean, nothing's ever perfect. That's but right. uh, like you said, I think Chattanooga has a lot to offer. Uh, whether you're you know into the the unique restaurant scene or you want to you know get into bouldering and climbing, like that's you right. mentioned. I mean, that's there's right. something for everybody in Chattanooga. So yeah, yeah I think that's awesome. So uh, just to kind of kick things off here, you had mentioned you found your calling one day uh, with what you wanted to do. Obviously, you work in a field that. Uh, really challenges who we are as individuals and uh, pushes us to sometimes can what be what what can be uh, uncomfortable positions, but those are the positions of growth. Uh, I think many people look at people like yourselves and know inside and feel inside that they have a calling inside of them, like you had mentioned, that they want to chase after. There's something out there that they feel like they're drawn towards, but they don't know how to start. You know. Um, with you being at the position that you're at, I feel like you likely have a lot of experience and a lot of lessons learned, uh, maybe by looking at other people's lives or just yeah. to your own life. Yeah. Uh, what are some what were some different hurdles that you had to come that you had to overcome to kind of get to the point that you're at? And what were some of the different uh, just different points in your life that you were taken to that led you to where you're at right now? It was, I'll just start with you know uh, I'd say my calling and 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 part of this is going back to purpose, right? And and really, for me, a part of that purpose is I'm, I'm all about growth, mm-hmm. right, and, and impact. And so that, that means whether I am uh, practicing law or whether I am, uh, you know, working in economic development or in the community, I really want uh, the, the, the organizations I'm working with, the community I'm working in, to feel impact that they're actually moving the needle. Uh, and I, I can think of no better way than getting in and 
and you know, helping people challenge some of those narratives that they've told themselves, right, or that they've learned over over time about groups and even even their own limiting beliefs about what they can do, right? It's, it's just trying to make sure we challenge that and, and create opportunities for for more folks. And so, what I, what I will say is, I think you, you you touched on it, which is looking to other people uh, to see their path and what they've done and and learn from those lessons. Uh, but I'm also very uh, uh, I'm, a, I'm a big, uh, I'm big on faith, right? And so uh, I, I really believe that, you know, in as much as, uh, you know, I, I have this, there are things I want to do. I also mm-hmm. focus on the fact that it's not always about me. Yeah, exactly. And so those those ways to, of, of serving folks. So I look at other folks. I, I have mentors mm-hmm. that I, I ask advice and counsel for. So if you don't have a mentor, I certainly encourage you to do that. Um, and also just, you know, I, I, I am never shy about doing some call, cold calls and mm-hmm. and asking folks for to lunch and, or yeah. coffee and yeah. and really uh, you know trying to, to get a sense of their own journey and mm-hmm. and what lessons they'd like to share with me. So there, there's a, those are a couple of things. But you know, but starting your own firm and mm-hmm. and and then you know, working at large corporations. I'm sure it's really easy. I'm sure. It, it, I'm sure it's just you a know. Well, I was gonna say you, you learn things <laughs> about you learn things about the organization, but you also learn so yeah. much about yourself. When yeah. I, you know, I, I uh, we talk about love for the city, or right? I, I, you know, I ran for office, ran for mayor, learned a lot about uh, the community, but also learned a great deal about you know what drives me as mm-hmm. well. And so it, it, it's you know take those moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you go through things, uh, because it's very easy to just continue to, to push through, mm-hmm. take a moment to reflect and, and appreciate and savor that moment and, and what the lessons are uh, during the time you're going through those things. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, something that I have heard the past few years like, told to me is, like I said, I, I recently graduated from, from college and I'm currently in my early 20s. And I've heard people say, oh, you're so young. You've got so much ahead of you. You just... Yeah. You don't, you know, you know nothing. You're so young, and like, you know, to a degree, there's a lot of life left to live, hopefully. Uh, but when I hear that, I'm like, I know that the people ahead of me have, if if they if they could see their 20 year old self, there would be something that they would, like, you know, they would say, hey, you need to know this, or hey, you need to be prepared for this. If you could, if you met 20 year old Wade right yeah. now, knowing what you know now, yeah. with the position that you're in. Uh, the different things that you've combated and the different experiences that you had, what would be just one piece of advice or one thing you'd make sure to give to 20 year old Wade and say, Hey, you need this before you go any further. This will be a big help to you. So Dan, now I feel really old, much older because (laughs) that's almost the same advice I would give, which is, Hey, you have plenty of time. And, and, uh, but what I would say is this, you know, I, I, there there are a couple of things that come to mind. I think when I was, uh, you know, my 20 year old self, or even, you know, even throughout my twenties and even early thirties, I always thought the decisions that I would, I would make, would be would last forever, mm-hmm. right? So if I said I'm going to, um, you know, go to even uh, get an MBA, and I, I toyed it when I was much younger to go out and do that, I thought that was going to impact everything forever. And so I put so much weight on. Uh, there's some certainly some important decisions. Yeah, I don't want to, but course. but you know. Taking those moments and thinking about, well, here's eight weeks to do this, it, 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 it's not a lifetime, yeah. right? Yeah. And so if you have opportunities to, to grow and learn from experiences, whether that's go travel and live abroad for a year or, or to uh, participate in leadership programs that might take a year, 
go ahead and do those things because it will help you, you know, for the rest of your life. And, and I, I think, again, those lessons that I learned, um, they still impact me to this day, but I, I, took, I put so much weight into the decisions I was making in my 20s that, again, it was going to uh, be uh, like that forever. And so I just want to uh, let uh, young professionals know to, to, to not put too much pressure on yourself. Yeah. Uh, and to, again, savor those moments right now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, our, the world that we live in is so fast moving, yeah. and like, there's so many things developing and changing around us all the time. I mean, uh, you know, I, I feel old saying this, like you said, but it's like, I, I, I remember being in high school, like not long ago, and it's like, holy cow, that's, that's over. Like, it, it feels so, yeah. so long ago, but so, like, I know it was not long ago at all. Like, it makes me, it makes me feel a little bit older now, you know, uh, but something you'd mentioned is, uh, kind of experiencing like traveling and experiencing other cultures and, and, and seeing different backgrounds. Yeah. I, I have experienced that. I mean, obviously I've traveled different areas as I'm sure a lot of people have, but one of the biggest, uh, kind of learning experience for me was coming to Chattanooga. And although it wasn't super far from my hometown, like I said, it's about just an hour up the road, uh, kind of getting out of my, my comfort, you know, bubble and, and meeting new people that have different perspectives yeah. and, and finding out that there's more to this world than just what I was, you know, yeah. born into. That's a big change. And that allowed, that allowed me to learn a lot of different things about myself, about what I value, uh, about the people around me and what they value and just how many different perspectives there are in this world that, uh, it's, it can be a bit of a challenge to try and take them all in, but I think that's important uh, important work to make sure that we, you know, uh, take into account everybody's perspective around us. So, yeah, that's, that's cool. I think that's I mean, spot on. I mean, when I went to school in Atlanta, uh, this was, uh, you know, uh, you know, mid 90s. And just seeing, uh, you know, so many at that time and still now, it was, it was an African-American mayor. Right. Uh, you had so much leadership and, and executive roles. I hadn't seen that in Chattanooga. Right. I didn't grow up seeing that. So, again, my archetype of leadership shifted mm -hmm. by going there. Right. And uh, that challenged my way of thinking, again, my own beliefs. Yeah. And uh, that that really fueled me in, in many ways to uh, ultimately come back to Chattanooga because I, I know that it can be done. And so the work I do yeah. is to make sure we're, we're creating more opportunities yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that folks can see that. Yeah, well, you, you saw it done in other areas. That's and right. so, you know, you took the moment to say, hey, it's, it's been done here. Why can't it be done in Chattanooga where I'm from? You know, that's right. uh, I think that's, that's, that's great. That's great, man. Um, so like I said, you know, as a, as a young person, if you want to call me that, uh, I think a lot of people my age and maybe, you know, in, in my age brackets, you know, we've mentioned how like the world is just, it moves so fast. There's so many things changing all the time. Yeah. Oftentimes I feel like we look to these rapidly changing environments around us and we think we want to do something to help to change, to foster uh, a more positive movement in different, the different avenues of life. But a lot of the different issues that we face in our world are very large issues, yeah. not small things. How, in your experience and what the work that you've done, how do you, would you recommend someone, let's say in their 20s or 30s or, or, or any rate age range, uh, no matter their age, just what practical steps would you recommend someone take to get more involved in their community to make mm -hmm. to try and make positive impacts, however they may uh, see fit in their communities? Yeah, so I, that's that's a great question, and and I appreciate it because I mean I do believe that service means a lot, and and, and giving back to others is, is really uh, especially if we've been blessed with so much, we want we need to get back and. Um, 
So, you know, one of the things I would encourage folks to do is, again, try different things as you're, when, while you're young, right? Look at different opportunities to give. And some of that might mean volunteering um, at a shelter, uh, but it, it also means, could mean volunteering um, at, uh, for Habitat for Humanity, right? So I think exploring different volunteer opportunities, one, and you could, I mean, along the way, you can find some things that you're more passionate about. Yeah. Now, if you know that, for instance, you have a passion around education, uh, then, you know, there are programs out there, whether it's junior achievement mm -hmm. and others that you could connect yourself to by just by signing up. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, these nonprofits, they absolutely mm -hmm. would welcome someone calling in and saying, hey, I'm interested in this. Can I learn more? Mm -hmm. uh, they will get you tied into the work. So, again, if you know that what you're passionate about, there are a ton of organizations. I, I would actually start with the United Way as being one of the first places to call because they work with so many nonprofits mm -hmm. in the community mm -hmm. that they can be able they can really direct you to, to one that is aligned with your your particular interests. But groups like the Urban League, um, uh, groups like La Paz and others, they, they're doing so much that I, I would certainly encourage you just to do the outreach. Now you know, doing that work is important. You also have other ways of volunteering like serving on boards yeah. as well as a way and and I'm a big proponent of that mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons. One, you learn so much about how organizations work. Mm -hmm. uh, you're being the strategic partner to that nonprofit, mm -hmm. uh, but you're also creating social capital by networking with other individuals in the community. And and uh, you know, life is a contact sport. Yeah. Uh, so having that network could also help you with your career yeah. uh, going forward. Yeah. And I think. Uh, I, I don't want to butcher this quote, but it was something I heard. I believe it was by Maya Angelou, but she said, uh, you know, people will often forget the things that you do, the things that you say, uh, a lot of the, the interactions we have in our life, but they will never forget the way that you make them feel. And I think that kind of gets to the heart of what you're talking about, you know. Uh, obviously, me by myself, there's only so much I can do. Yeah. You had mentioned there's only so much you can do, but... No one is ever going to forget the way that you make them feel if you take the time out of your day to, like you said, volunteer at a, at a nonprofit and, and help pass out meals or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it is, some way to help benefit others who may not be in the greatest uh, spot in life right now. They may forget the, you know, exactly how you helped them. They may, they may forget exactly where they were when you helped them. Yeah. But they will likely never forget the feeling that you made, you gave to them uh, when you helped them. And I think that's, that's something good to remember uh, because... Like I said, a lot of the things that we face in our life, they're changing so fast. It yeah. can be like, how, how am I going to get involved in this? How can I how can I change? How can I make a positive in, impact? Uh, but just remembering that people really do remember how we how uh, we make each other feel. Uh, that's a, a good reminder for me uh, personally, just on how we can uh, take that and begin making a positive impact in our communities. No, and it was my Angelo. You yeah. did not push yeah. the quote. It was, yeah. it was good. So I, I use that quote, in fact, at sometimes to, to define inclusion. Mm -hmm. Because when we think about inclusion and, 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 and you know, DEI, University Equity and Inclusion, oftentimes it's like, what is it? And we're yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, ultimately, it's when I, I believe when people uh, make you feel a sense of belonging that you're welcome, mm -hmm. right? And uh, that quote, I think, uh, really describes it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so kind of shifting gears here, we talked about how, uh, you know, individuals can take uh, a more proactive role in their own lives to mm -hmm. try and foster change in a positive manner. Uh, but on a, in a somewhat different note, you work, like you said, in the DEI industry and correct me if I'm wrong, that directly, uh, mostly directly goes towards 
uh, that work in businesses and corporations, uh, places where, not, not just in those, but you in working with different corporations on how they can be more inclusive and how in the workspace, how we can uh, try, to, try to mitigate any biases that we might have. Uh, I, I feel like the workplace is an interesting spot because it's such a um, it's such a combination of all different perspectives and all different ideas, but it can be kind of hard to tote that line of, of how exactly we should conduct ourselves at times. What do, would you say are some good practical steps that someone, whether they're the CEO of a company or whether they're you know a mid level manager or they're like me uh, about a year ago they were they're the bottom on the totem pole yeah. the intern what can be done some practical steps that you think to practice these uh, DEI practices you know what what are some ways that you think we can start today uh, being more inclusive and and uh, celebrating diversity in workplaces. Yeah, so I, one, I'll just say we, we actually work with, I mean, we work with businesses and corporations, but we also work with other organizations. We, a part of what we, we want to do is work with organizations that are committed mm-hmm. to moving forward with inclusion. You, you know that they're authentic in that, right? It's not checking the box. Yeah. They, they yeah. really do want, and so, uh, and we have a way of being able to, to yeah. sort of figure some of that out. Um, but, but we, you know, we try to do some practical steps for them. Uh, to embed some of these practices uh, within their within their organization, and whether it's around workforce, workplace, right, or even thinking about marketplace and, and the, or the social community engagement side of this. And so, what we encourage folks to do, whether you are, you know, just joining the company or if you're the CEO, yeah. is to realize everybody owns, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, you know, creating an inclusive culture. Mm-hmm. Right? Everyone can play a role in that, right? And uh, and if you're the CEO casting that vision uh, and that and setting the tone that this is important, that this is a priority for your organization, it's absolutely key, yeah. right? Because, I mean, while you own it, mm-hmm. just starting, right, there's so only so much you can do to change policies and all of those things, right? Yeah. We've got to make sure that the, the CEO setting the tone that everyone owns it, but they're creating space yeah. Right, and giving the autonomy to make those changes if they're needed, right? Uh, to, to create a more inclusive, uh, inclusive environment. If you're a manager, right, what, what you really want to make sure you're doing is creating a space of psychological safety for your, your team members, mm-hmm. right? And what I mean by that is, I mean, if, if you're not creating a, a space where an employee or someone on your team can, can raise their hand to say, hey, I have this, the next great idea, mm-hmm. uh, at, at the same time be able to say, hey, Manager, that that's not such a great yeah, idea, yeah, right? Exactly. Without feeling that there's a risk uh, around that, then you know you're really not getting the benefit of having that diversity of thought, mm-hmm. right, and perspective and experience and background on your team. And so, as a manager, you're setting the tone as well while doing that. Uh, so, how you talk about career development, how you talk about uh, innovation and, and for the organization, how you you, you talk about. Um, uh, just again, uh, the teamwork and collaboration—all of that matters if you're you're the manager of an organization. And so, uh, if if we were to get to the to, to maybe one or two things, I would tell people to do one is just to get proximate, right? I mean, as you're uh, sort of understanding uh, that there are folks with different perspectives, lean in, right? Try to understand uh, more about someone's background. Uh, themselves, right, and let let them sort of share their story because we all have what oh, yeah. unique story. I heard a little bit about yours, yeah, right? Yeah. You have your unique story, so everybody has that, and making space for that yeah. is a, a, certainly a first step. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but you also want to make sure if you're in an organization, understand where you are, mm-hmm. right? If you don't know, like if you're not looking at the demographic data, if you're not 
doing a, sort of a cultural assessment to, to really know where your organization is, how your people, people feel about, you know, whether they have mm-hmm. a, a sense of belonging, then, you know, you'll be doing things, but you're not really sure if it's making a difference. Yeah. So those are you know, a couple of things I would certainly call out as being some initial steps um, I would encourage people to do. Yeah, of course. And, and, and what you just said, like, that's part of the reason why I think the work that you do is, is, is so admirable because, you know, obviously, no matter where, what position you, you may be in, wherever you work, you can start today. You can own your own story and try to lean into others' stories and understand them. But you mentioned how it really starts from the top down. Uh, it makes me think of like, you know, a sports team. Uh, like, you know, say you have a, a football team, you've got the 11 guys that play on the field and uh, however many after that that are, you know, on the, the B team and whatnot. If the coach doesn't own uh, the right culture, if, if they if they don't set the tone, mm-hmm. oftentimes the people, the, t- the players on the team are not going to, they're not going to have a reason to want to play for that coach. They're not going to want to embrace the proper culture yeah. of the team so that everybody can win. You know, mm-hmm. for example, if, if a coach says, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna build a, a team that every time somebody falls down, we're gonna make sure to pick them up." Yeah. That's gonna that's gonna seep through everybody, you know. And it's the same way at a corporation. Uh, no matter what kind of attitude or, or culture you're trying to promote, making sure that you say, "Hey, no matter what background somebody comes from, no matter what what position they are at the company, uh, making sure that we account for everybody, and that when somebody gets knocked down, we make sure to we all go over and pick them up." I think that's that has a great effect, uh, not only yeah. on the company, but it can even the community around the company. I, I think that's spot on. Right? I mean, there are a couple of couple of things with that, right? I mean, you, you think about the level of engagement with with organizations, and I I, I should know this, but uh, Gallup did a poll, and I think it's about seventy percent or seventy five percent of workers are not engaged, mm-hmm. fully engaged at work, right? So. That means that the coach, mm-hmm. right, is is not creating a culture yeah. that the players want to yeah. play in. And so and so, but in how we are seeing this play out in, in the real world, is things like the Great Resignation. Mm-hmm. And so we, we know that people are leaving for salary, right? That gives you it's a war on talent. We know benefits are are important. Uh, that work life balance, mm-hmm. right, is key. And yeah. and just again, but culture also is a factor. Mm-hmm. And if people don't feel that sense of connection and belonging, they're they're opting out. Yeah. Right. They are literally opting out. So, you know, in as much as we we talk about this work being the right thing to do, mm-hmm. it is also a very strategic business uh, decision that organizations have to make to be to be and to remain competitive mm-hmm. long term. Yeah. You're just not you're not going to be able to attract the type of talent uh, that you'll need to be as competitive going forward if you're not doing this work. Uh, Classdoor had a study, I think it was 79%, or 67% of high performers ask uh, a company about their diversity or they, they state that diversity is important or a factor before going to an organization. Mm-hmm. So again, if you don't have a policy, if you're not thinking about who's on a website, if you're not thinking about some, uh, some ways to, to engage your organization and lift everyone's voice, then you're not you're just not going to be as competitive yeah. long term. Yeah, and and you had mentioned you know the the great resignation that people have been talking about a lot for uh, the past couple of months. I think what it is is like you mentioned, people are realizing like you know where where I work at the moment, it may not value me, it may not value what I do, the the value that I bring to the company, and that's becoming as you said a, a competitive advantage when when companies say hey. We want to make sure that wherever you fall in the in the you know the the, the family tree of this company, that we want to hear from you. We yeah. want to make sure that you feel valued, 
and understand that no matter where you go from here, uh, that your input and your story and what you bring to the table is always important. I think that's a, a great competitive advantage because as we're seeing, not a ton of people do that, or not a ton of corporations do it all the time, and you have people just leaving left and right looking for a better opportunity because uh, as we've you know learned over the past few years, life is very unexpected. There's a lot of curveballs that, that can get thrown at you. And uh, you want to make the most of the time that you have when you're, especially when you're working and with your family. You know, you want to make sure that your time is valued and that what you do uh, is important to you and that you feel like it's worth your time and investment. So, yeah, yeah. I, I 100% agree. You had mentioned, uh, and we've talked about it a couple of times, making sure to, and the specific words you used were leaning in to somebody's experience. Uh, it's, it reminds me of, so I, like I said, you uh, formerly did a TED Talk back in 2020, mm -hmm. and it largely revolved around a lot of the different topics that we've been talking about today. And you gave a story, uh, I believe it was of your daughter and the experience that she had, but from that experience of you watching her, you were able to draw three different questions that we can mm -hmm. ask ourselves and promote others to ask themselves of how we can uh, begin to try to recognize any biases that we might have or try to uh, disseminate any of those biases. And the first one, uh, the first question that I believe you mentioned was, how can I lean into someone else's experience? How can I begin to understand their story and where they're coming from? Uh, along with that, you said, have I made any room for uh, others to be present, uh, uh, the others' experiences to be present other than my own? And then the final one, it was, have I created any space to allow others to be more to be their authentic selves? Mm -hmm. I really thought that was cool because it's kind of like a little pocket toolkit you can take mm -hmm. with you wherever you go. It's like keeping those in your back pocket. Yeah. So whenever you get into a situation that might uh, it, those subconscious biases might start coming to the surface, mm -hmm. you can keep those questions with you and say, "Okay, I need to assess myself first. I need to make sure yeah. I have these on lock." How, in your uh, experience, have you seen these questions, whether in your own personal life yeah. or in the lives of those around you or in any uh, businesses or individuals that you've worked with, how have you seen these questions uh, positively impact those around you? Yeah, so I mean, I, I, I try to apply those questions and, and everything I do to interrupt my own bias. And, and the thing I, I try to talk about in that TEDx is that we all have bias, mm -hmm. right? And as much as you know, people will try to resist uh, this the reality is uh, that part of the brain we all apply every day, right? I mean, you you asked me about my drive into the office mm -hmm. to your office today, and I I told you I went here and there, and yeah. and but you don't think about where the office is anymore. You know where it is. You just yeah. automatically do it, yeah. right? And so that's the same thing when you think about groups of people, mm -hmm. right? You've been taught and conditioned mm -hmm. through media, through family, through all of your different things that, that you know, we have certain beliefs about, about groups. And what those questions do is try to interrupt the, the bias that you might have had about a particular group of, a group of, group of people. And so for me, again, I, whether it's me drafting uh, a document that is uh, for a client that's going to go to the entire organization and getting feedback mm -hmm. from uh, others to get a different perspective, mm -hmm. but also creating a space where they know that the feedback is real, mm -hmm. right? Often, you know, leaders at times can say, hey, what do you think about this? And, and then tell their opinion. Yeah, yeah. And you really haven't left a lot of room for people, right? I yeah. mean, that's the part from this sort of hierarchical approach, right, where uh, Leaders really, uh, once they have their opinion, that's yeah. that's it for the rest yeah. of the room. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I, I do this whether it's a document or if it's a decision about a team member uh, or if it's you know about a product or program we're, we're doing. Mm -hmm. I, I bring voices 
to the table mm-hmm. uh, to make sure I have that perspective. And there are things that, you know, I'm, I, I'm a practitioner of, of DEI because I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. And I, I, there are friends who have backgrounds that are different than mine, and I, I absolutely reach out mm-hmm. and I ask questions yeah. about, hey, what do you think about this? And, you know, try to get their, their perspective on it. Yeah. yeah. I think it's interesting you, you call yourself a, a practitioner of, of DEI because I, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's a field where you can you can never be too good at it. You know, there's always room to grow. There's yeah. always another background, another another person that you may not have met yet or you may not be aware of. And it's always a room, a, a place where uh, personally you can always grow more. And those aspects of lives, of our lives, I think are really important aspects because uh, those areas where we have the most room for growth, where we can never, where if we allow ourselves to not get uh, complacent per se, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think that is a great area where we can focus our attention to asking these questions of ourselves and making sure, hey, am I addressing any potential biases that you know uh, may be conscious or subconscious, no. uh, whatever they are? I think that's a great uh, area because, like you said, you can never be too good at it. There's always more room for growth, and yeah. no matter whether you're, you know, like you who have basically started a business around this, or you're someone who is just now uh, leaving the the comfort of their own home for the first time. There's always room to grow. There's always room that's, to improve. That's right. And so you, you I mean, if you when, when we talk to our clients, we we try to use terms like milestones mm-hmm. instead of goals, and and a part of that is. You know that there's a, a this, this is only a stop along the way. Celebrate that milestone, mm-hmm. right? Celebrate it. Uh, you've made it, right? Mm-hmm. But you haven't. You, it, but it's a continuing journey, right? To 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 uh, around inclusion. And as much as you know, I, I may be you know an expert mm-hmm. in, with this a particular dimension of diversity. Let's say uh, the black experience, right? I, you know, I it, I may not show up as well uh, when it comes to the Asian American experience, yeah. right? And so I'm learning. You know, every day, uh, you know, and uh, in fact, Jennifer uh, Brown has this uh, this this great uh, tool called the Inclusive Leadership Continuum, and she goes from unaware, aware, active, and advocate, mm-hmm. and we're all at different places depending on the dimension, yeah. right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and I, I, the cool thing about it is, like, you know, we had mentioned earlier, like topics like this can oftentimes be a little uncomfortable because they require self reflection. It's not just about like the other people you may be coming in contact with, but it requires you to look in the mirror and say, what can I do differently? Yeah. But in reality, when we ask those questions of ourselves collectively, that's where we get our strength from, whether yeah. as, a, as a society as a whole or as a company or as a, as a, a family. Even. Mm-hmm. If, you allow our, if we allow ourselves to embrace these, these questions and allow ourselves to uh, have a bit of self-reflection, that's where we draw our strength from. You know, like yeah. we're using the, the sports example, that's where you become the number one team in, in, the, in the league. That's where you make the jump from... Uh, from bottom of your conference to the top of your conference, whatever, you know, these are kind of silly examples, but they, they get the point across where this is where our strength comes from, where we ex- we recognize each other's experience and understand mm-hmm. that my experience is going to be different than yours. Yeah. And the life lessons I have are going to be different from yours. But when we bring those together and, unle- like you said, lean in to understand those experiences, that's where we draw our strength from. I think that's really important. Well, I think, yeah. that's, I think that's right. I think, I think the other side of that, too, is, you know, I, I, um, you know it's, it's not just being, we, we oftentimes here get, un- get comfortable being, being uncomfortable, but it's also recognizing that on the other side of this, right, there is growth, mm-hmm. right, there is innovation, mm-hmm. there is, again, a, a competitive advantage. There's so many things on the other side of this. Yeah. But we've got to, you know, be okay with mm-hmm. that moment of discomfort. So, using your analogy, right? If you, if you, those two a days, yeah, 
will ultimately result in you being number one or winning the chance. So, yeah. so th- that's the payoff, right? And and for organizations, they have to, to lean in in a way and make the investment and, and create room for, for, for the culture to shift so that on the other side of this, you have, again, a more impactful, uh, innovative and profitable yeah. uh, organization. Yeah. Uh, something you mentioned like during your uh, TED talk back in 2020, I, I believe it was a quote by Vernon Myers. Uh, you said, diversity is like being invited to the party, but inclusion is like being asked to dance. Yeah. I thought that was really cool because it puts it in very practical terms. We've all, I, I like to imagine every single one of us, no matter where we are in life, have all been to a point where we're the new person, whether yeah. you showed up to a party or showed up to uh, a new school or a new job. Like you're always, there, there's always going to be a point in your life where you're not the most well-known person. You're, you're the new person. Yeah. But being asked to take part, that's that's where the beauty uh, of whatever you may be taking part in really comes into play. And I think that quote really encompasses like what we've been talking about, the beauty of inclusion because, you know, when people are just moving around in different directions, you can call it dance, but it may not be the most pretty sight in the world. But when we start to take into account what you may be doing and what you may be experiencing and my and my movements and my life experiences are being uh, accounting for your life experiences it becomes this kind of beautiful symphony like a dance you know mm-hmm. like when two people who know what they're doing when they're dancing it, it becomes this beautiful movement together mm-hmm. I think it's a really good analogy because on our by ourselves it's hard to do this dance of life but when we have other people around us despite the different backgrounds where we may come from the different experiences that's where the beauty of life really comes together yeah, I, yeah. I, I like that quote well I miss my I mean she she's uh well known and, and uh, established a strategist out at Netflix uh, around DEI and it really is about again uh, you know out what our needs are mm-hmm. and uh, at the, to your point everyone wants to feel that sense of connection somehow, right? And we want to feel a sense of belonging and uh, to, to show up at a place and just say, well, good, you're here. That's one thing, right? But again, if people are deciding mm-hmm. that if they're not really a part of the organization, if they don't feel that connection, mm-hmm. they choose to go somewhere else. place. Yeah. And, and that's the part where, again, I'm just going to push again for organizations mm-hmm. to think of, think differently yeah. about how they, how they uh, think about their talent. Yeah. I remember when I first started here. I want to say it was in my first month or so, but you know, I was the new guy. I was, I was the, I was Daniel, the new guy that everybody didn't really know yet. I was still introducing myself and kind of telling about myself. And one of my coworkers just up and said, "Hey, I'm going to go out to lunch today. You want to come with me?" Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, sure. That sounds yeah. great." And it was just me and him. It, you know, I didn't know him prior to that, but we had a great time. I went and got some food. I learned some more about him. He got to learn more about me. And I didn't just feel like. The new intern in the room, yeah. I felt like, oh, I'm a part of the, I'm a part of this community. I'm a yeah. valued member here. Yeah. People want to know kind of where I'm from, what I do, what I bring to the table. Yeah. And I think you know that's a, a, a small real life example. But how'd that make you feel yeah. though, right? Everybody, oh, it was great. Yeah. It, it was great. It made me feel I, like I said, I went from being just sitting at my desk, being the intern, doing the work, to oh, I'm a, I'm a valued member here. That yeah. he, he went up out of his way to see if I wanted to go with him to take part in his, you know, he could very well spend his lunch by himself off doing whatever he wanted to and eat whatever he wanted, but he decided to take somebody, a, a young little college kid that didn't, that was yeah. probably bright, you know, had deer in headlights kind of eyes and, and said, hey, let me let me take you out to lunch real quick and we'll get to yeah. the it, it, It's I all mean, about that. Yeah, those things make a, a big difference, yeah. right? Because, I mean, you know, listen, he, if he hadn't done that, right, you would have shown up yeah. You probably would have felt respected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we used words like tolerance and things like that and respect. Yeah. You would have felt respected, but probably not appreciated. Yeah. 
and you know, and how you show up after feeling appreciated is much different, mm-hmm. right, than how you show up when you feel respected yeah. or tolerated. Yeah. And so, you know, those those micro messages mm-hmm. of being uh, sort of pulled out and asked for lunch, right, or or, or, or to, to to take on a new project, mm-hmm. they can mean all the difference yeah. in the world. And, and whether you decide to, you know, work a little later or you know, give more or mm-hmm. give some some you know, submit some new ideas, mm-hmm. or if you're Working on your resume, yeah, right. So, yeah, and the beauty of it is, I think, like, oftentimes it doesn't require it, it, that. You know, in that example, it was a very small thing for yeah. him to just say, "Hey, you want to go out to lunch?" It did not require a whole lot of planning or organization. Right. It was a small thing, but it made the world a difference to me because I was like, "Ah, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm a part of this." You know, I, right. I didn't like you said. I, I would have very well just come in the next day if if he had never said anything, but it took this small little change in the day that That's made right. such a big difference. And I think across the spectrum, you know, like you said, when we're when we're trying to address any biases we may have, it's the small changes in our day that we can make that really make the biggest difference. Uh, we, we talked about how, you know, uh, someone can get more involved in their community and try to make an impact uh, on these kind of large scale issues we may see. But in reality, it's the small things on the day to day lives that make the biggest impact in each other's lives. And, and I think that's that's the beauty of it right there is it doesn't necessarily require you know, uh, a village to, to get, to make important work be done. It yeah. requires small actions like that just in our day-to-day lives. That's right. And, and it goes back to your earlier question around, you know, if you're the CEO, yeah. or, I mean, all of us can own this, mm-hmm. right? And those small uh, acts, they, they show up in, in real ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, you know, I remember, uh, you know, uh, when I was at, at another, at an organization, uh, uh, there was a pen uh, that uh, showed that someone was an ally of the LGBTQ plus community, right? And uh, I think either an employee or a customer, client, I can't remember that, the exact, but they saw that uh, and they felt a sense of connection there. And, uh, you know, again, that made a major difference, mm-hmm. right? Uh, in terms of how, uh, you know, that person received mm-hmm. uh, the organization, yeah. uh, perceived organization. So, again, it doesn't have to be a major program yeah. uh, for, for yeah. you to create moments of inclusion. And, and not to downplay any major investments of time or yeah. resources, like yeah. those are great, but yeah. oftentimes, like, you know, I, I think about just me, myself, like, I don't have the resources to make huge investments in my time, like, in, in, in the days ahead of me to try and address any big problems I might see ahead of me, but I can certainly make some small tweaks here and there, and those really go the longest way. You know, like we mentioned before, people will always remember how you made them feel, and I will always remember how that guy made me feel because that was like my first few weeks, and I already felt like I was, you know, a part of a team already. Like, I, I don't remember exactly what we talked about. I don't even know if I remember where we went to eat, but I do remember how it made me feel, and that's, yeah. that's the importance of it. It's those small things that change uh, the way we look at other people and the, the world around us. I think those that's where we can really make uh, the biggest impact in our own personal lives. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and, you know, beyond our four walls, right, I think this is the other part where it gets important, like, you know, thinking about inclusion at home, mm-hmm. right? What are we, what are we watching? Mm-hmm. You know, who are we spending time with? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we reading, right? What are we exposing ourselves uh, to, to, to really help us, again, expand our mm-hmm. perspective uh, on someone else's experience? And so being intentional about that also matters. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. That's awesome. Wade, I really appreciate you coming in today. It's been an honor and a privilege, and uh, I know that you're a busy man, so it means the world to me that you uh, were willing to come out today. Uh, do you have anything that you want to leave with those not that might be listening? Any any parting messages, anything uh, that you want to leave with them before we, we close up shop here? Well, yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm excited uh, to be here, and uh, uh, thanks for the conversation. Uh, I, I, I think, uh, I hope folks 
can walk away from this conversation knowing that, again, they can play their part uh, in making not only the organizations uh, more inclusive, but also the community uh, more inclusive. You know, And so the work we do at Henson Company is we, we try to go in and, and really understand where organizations are. We meet them where they are, but what is, you know, for us, what's important is they are committed uh, to making change and they're committed to creating a space for everyone. And uh, so we're excited about partnering with uh, organizations, not only here in Chattanooga, but working with others around around the country. And again, what is consistent is they, they realize the importance and the impact of what uh, a place belonging to us for the organization. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Wait, yeah. thank you again. Thanks, I man. really appreciate it. And yeah. hopefully we can, we can continue this conversation uh, maybe another time down the road. We'd love to. Uh, and to everybody listening, we really appreciate you. Uh, thank you again for listening. We hope that you'll join us next time on the Third Seat Show. Thank you.